Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. We're in our day and age. Look at the ancient Hebrew law and the way the ancient Hebrews lived and we go, that was just terrible. That's because we're measuring it against our society, which is actually very lax. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. All ancient cultures had law codes, rituals and festivals. The ancient law codes, unfortunately, had different standards and penalties for the rich and wealthy as compared to those for the poor and less influential. That is, until the law was given on Mount Sinai. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, I think, have a very um, distorted or unbalanced view of God's law, almost as though God's law was bad. Mm. Uh, but God's law is holy, and yeah. Paul re- reiterates that. We've we've mentioned that before on foundations. But if we were in a, a, sitting in a room with a group of people, and somebody opened the Bible and said, "We're going to start a study in the Book of Leviticus," hey. everybody'd go, "Oh!" There'd be this collective groan, "No, not Leviticus." I think the only other one you'd get a, a, a deeper groan from would be Lamentations, because yeah. it can be so depressing. But the thing about about Leviticus is that it's it's the law that was given on Mount Sinai. And while it's true that if you read through the book of Leviticus, it's just loaded with rules and restrictions and consequences and nitty-gritty little things that they had to do, and then if this started, then you got to do that, and then if that started, you got to go back there, and then you got to turn that around and flip that up and wash that and wipe the other. I mean, it's like Mm. kind of, oh, this is really hard (laughs) yakka. Um, But for for us to get our head around why all of those things were so important is because you kind of have to understand the comparison of the cultures round about and the law codes that they had. We in our day and age look at the ancient Hebrew law and the way the ancient Hebrews lived and we go, that was just terrible. That's because we're measuring it against our society, which is actually very lax, very casual, very permissive. Let's say it's even extremely promiscuous Mm. and tolerant of sin in unprecedented levels in many ways. Mm. Um, And so we kind of look at the old covenant law given on Mount Sinai as being super restrictive and unreasonable. Now, the real shocker, actually, is that when it came to the law that God gave to his people on Mount Sinai, it was revolutionary. And you mentioned at the beginning about how there were law codes or standards that were applied that were different depending on what social strata you were a part of, if you were wealthy or from nobility, um, if you were in a position of power, well, then you were treated differently than a commoner, know, than a commoner or a mm. peasant or uh, just an average labour worker. And that meant that the law was uneven and it was unfair. And hence, one of the reasons why you know, events like the French Revolution and the Russian Revolution happened because... The peasants at the bottom were tired of this inequality. Not, and it, yes, it had to do with wealth, but it was so much more than that. 
Um, we even saw how the penal colonies in Australia were established because some very poor man in England stole a loaf of bread to yeah. feed his family yeah. and he got separated from the sent to another country. This is wrong, whereas somebody who was in a noble, if they'd stolen a loaf of bread for whatever for whatever reason, it would be, oh, yep. naughty boy, slap on, ta- the slap on the wrist and, and off he goes. When the law was given at Mount Sinai, with all the rules, regulations and other little bits and pieces that we see as ridiculous, the main thing was that it was equal. Mm. It didn't matter whether you were poor, rich, a farmer, a nobleman. It didn't matter whether you were a priest. It didn't matter if you were a nobody. Everybody, even if you were a slave, even if you were a foreigner, all of the entire population had to be treated as an equal, and that was revolutionary. And, of course, that then follows on into um, the New Testament as well. For example, James 2, 2 to 3, it says, If a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the fine clothes, and you say, You sit here in a good place. And then you say to the poor man, um, you can stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil mm. uh, motives? And so uh, you kind of go, well, we, we look at that and go, well, yeah, well, that just makes sense. That would just be normal. Well, actually, in our society, that's not normal. It's very, it's very much that we give preference to people mm. who have money or who are wealthy you know, well-known or famous. We even do it in churches when the celebrity Christians come along. We give them this preferential treatment and forget that there's a homeless man out the back, but we don't want him to come in and smell the place up. So, Mm. you know, we'll sit them in a little section elsewhere. We do it all the time, and yet this was something that God said, absolutely no, this was not to happen. And there's another passage, actually, in Luke Chapter 14, it's verses 12 to 14, and then Jesus, he, Jesus, also went on to say to the one who'd invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends and your brothers and your relatives or your rich neighbors, otherwise they may also invite you in return, and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed since they don't have the means to repay you, for you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. That is totally contrary Mm. to our own culture. This is an extension of what God had established in the Old Covenant. You know, in, in ancient Israel, when it came to criminal acts, if someone was accused of committing a crime, guilt could only be established with two or more witnesses, and it didn't matter who the accused was, and who or who the witnesses were, they were all treated as equals under the law. And in dealing with criminal acts, the Torah was far more humane and fair when compared with other codes in other countries. Uh, punishments for even minor offences could be brutal and way out of proportion, and they included floggings and amputations and even torture in some of these brutal codes. Um, think of... Um, well, let's just say it's not PC, but then I'm not PC. Think, think Islam. Uh-huh. Think um, the Inquisitions. Think of the tortures that mm. took place in the name of Christ in the medieval and dark ages to get a confession. Where's the, the Christian yeah. example in that? It doesn't exist. Some of those things 
with amputations and tortures, they're going on today. And yet, under the uh, the Judaism, under the law that God gave, that was absolutely abhorrent. Well, I guess the natural question that comes up from that, though, is uh, the command that says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. How do we kind of uh, put that into the mix or understand that uh, command? Well, that was actually more... An idiom, and it's very much misunderstood, okay? But again, let me read it to you. It's from Exodus 21, and it lists a string of crimes and the corresponding punishments. And then you get to verses 24 and 25, and it says, Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. But does it actually mean that? There's actually a whole lot more involved in that. And as you read on, it actually explains that much more. So we, we'll look at that next time. We're going to uh, look at the issue of slaves and slavery and the treatment of, of them as well because if, if you look at the, the treatment that was required towards slaves, you understand that if that's, if that's how well God wanted slaves to be treated then absolutely for the rest of society as well. Well, some interesting thoughts there, and we're going to continue to explore that in the next episode, understanding better what the real treasure was on Mount Sinai. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.